This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If you fumble through the end zone, this should happen. I say the ball should come back out to where you fumbled it. Kenny disagrees. And then he started calling me names. <laughs> All of that and, ooh, the cream of the crop on Netflix. Uh-huh. It's coming up on the Emerging Podcast Seed, presented by Extend Technologies. The first four hours were simply in a moose bouche I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. I don't want to change everything just because the Browns were affected this time. You know, I, I think that a lot of people do that because their team's affected. They want to change everything. And yeah. my team is the Browns. And yes, they were affected by this, but I don't want to change everything because I think it's a system that works. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. Like the back of the end zone deal uh, when we lost oh, to, to do you, Kansas do you, City. We never really got into that. Do you think that that's a good idea I had? To bring it out to the 20. Yeah. Yeah, I guess part of me, as that music starts to We're hoping it'll fade downward. soon. Yeah, we're At hoping that music will fade. And that's what makes it a good podcast, uh, having complete control over the level Mitch, of the music. Mitch, we're going to need you to bring down the music is what we're going to need and you I to like do. And I like the music. Don't get me wrong. Uh, what's great about the music is how it starts to dissipate throughout the course of the podcast <laughs> to a point where you don't even hear it anymore. That is one of my favorite aspects of that music. Yeah. So... Bringing it out to the 20 is... Uh, I thought 25. 25, even. okay. So it's still punitive. You're still penalizing ball carriers for losing the ball, but you're not giving them the death penalty, which is the loss of possession. Yeah. Um, I might be on board with that. I guess I've always just wondered why it wouldn't just come back or, to where you lost it. You know what? A fumble is a fumble is a fumble, and that's bad, yeah, right? Yeah. How about the 40? Like a kickoff out of bounds. But it works against you. Like, okay, you get the ball, you get the ball at the other team's forty. So now you might end up, depending on where the clock is, you might end up playing for three instead of a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, earlier in the game, you just get end up punting, so it still is very punitive mm-hmm. because you're not. I mean, you're you're not saying it's the opponent's to go, for, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you if you fumble through the end zone, yeah. you get it. You get the ball still, but you get it at the opponent's forty yard line. I guess here's what I've never understood: people say, "Well, don't fumble the ball." I always love. Those people. Yeah, no one's trying to fumble the ball. What they are doing is trying to make a spectacular play, yeah. which I thought the NFL wanted to reward. I thought the NFL loved the that, visual of yeah. a guy laying out down so the is. goal line, trying to hit the pylon. I'm on green 
into the pylon. Like yes. the whole thing, diving. So, so do we want that or do we not want it? We because want Because a substantially less entertaining play is a guy not reaching and just going down at the one-yard line. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then well, that's taking some of the excitement away. What I'm wondering is why. I understand why you want to penalize the ball carrier. Fine, you, you're, you're not supposed to lose the ball. All right, but why are we rewarding a defense that has not recovered the ball? What I don't understand here, well, oh, you're saying why are we rewarding it? Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. With, I totally agree with, with you. With possession of the football. Sorry, like, my brain. You yeah. never recovered the ball. Why are you getting it? And my, I get there are different rules down by the end zone than there are in other areas. The safety rules. I, I get it. I get that there are different rules. I just think it's too punitive. Do you agree with those saying don't reach for the pylon? Don't reach for the end zone? Right. It's what everybody says unless you've got I, a, a really I, good player and that I, can make it happen. Yeah, I'm in the minority because well, why, I disagree with them. Why is it? Let me go one step further. Okay. Why do we give guys touchdowns for just barely, barely holding onto the ball when they're a ball carrier, barely glancing a pylon or hovering over it for a fraction of a second? Where if it's a catch, you don't have to continue. You you know you have to obviously continue the catch, uh, surviving the ground and all that stuff. But a run, I know people say, well, a run is different from a pass. It's it's different, you know, retention of possession of mm-hmm. the football. I just think gl- just barely scraping the pylon is such bare minimum that I don't know that we <laughs> reward the offense for that. So I have all sorts of issues. Well, about how we my the issue line. is. How do wide receivers get paid? Touchdowns and yards. Yeah, but part <laughs> of the equation is touchdowns. So when people were going after Hollywood Higgins in the divisional round in 2020, and like, what do you yeah. want him to do? Like of all the things, I go, you. He gets paid for touchdowns. Yep. He. That's what you get paid for. That's what keeps you in the league. Somebody will, and it, guys, it is that simple. And you say, dog, general managers don't do that. Yes, they will. Yes, they, when it comes down to bare bones, well, he scored three touchdowns last year. Well, he scored five touchdowns last year. I mean, the difference between there's some guys that are allergic to the end zone. There's the difference between four and five touchdowns can be a big difference Whether for a you lot make of people. The playoffs or not. Yes, yeah. and so we we tell these guys their entire lives, you got to be a playmaker. Be, make plays. You're supposed to be a playmaker. Then let him make the effing play, and sometimes it doesn't go well for him. Like it, unfortunately, it went that way with Richard Hollywood Higgins, even though it was a helmet to helmet call. On it should have been a helmet to helmet on Dirty Dan Sorensen. But I didn't agree with that in 2020, and I don't agree with it now. And it's one of the frustrating things. I, I I'm not trying to throw guys under the bus. I heard Daryl and and Nick talking about it yesterday, and Nick's like, ah, oh, the dummies who try to reach for the end zone. I go, no, they're playmakers. Right. Michael I'm, Irvin did not become great. <laughs> Michael Irvin's a great wide receiver. Part of one of the great plays I saw, reaching for first downs, reaching yes. for touchdowns. And what do they also say? The big wingspan. What do they also say about some of the ball carriers? Uh, nose for the end zone. Nose. Nose for the pylon. So what is it? I agree yeah, with we, you. That's what they want Chris McCaffrey to do. Now, nah, when there's, when there's, uh, just uh, make sure that everything is good. You know, we don't want you making plays. Yeah, just run out of bounds. Uh, I don't, don't want to do that. Um, what are you doing? So I, I do wonder, you know, the consistency element down by the goal line, you know, what do we need to do? We need to rethink. I'm not looking to blow up the sport. Like when I talk about getting rid of kickers, but can we, can we do something to just add a little bit more logic? That's all. I mean, look, I wasn't outraged. I know tweets come off like they're outraged. Um, but you know, I saw everybody was on one side or the other. It was either, uh, which is what I like. Your ideas is a little more nuanced than just one way or the other. Take it back to the 40. But man, oh man, everybody was either on one side of it and they were screaming at everybody over the rule 
that I just I feel unsatisfied with the rule the way it is. That's all. The, and so I think, and some people are going to say it's gimmicky, and to a certain degree it might be. Mm-hmm. But I think if it, you know, when guys are reaching for the end zone, you shouldn't be rewarded with just getting the ball back at the one. It, a fumble's a fumble's a fumble. Like I, I wanted to say, I mean, if you lose a fumble out of bounds or something like that, it's all right. Let's take it back five yards. You got to, you got to pay a, you got to pay a penalty for putting the ball on the ground anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it. But I also think that fumbling the ball through the end zone shouldn't just be the other team should get it because you fumbled. I mean, because mm-hmm. you get the ball back if it fumbles out of bounds anyway. Yeah. Right. And you get the ball back at the spot. So I, I think that all right, touchdowns should not be easy. It's the whole point of being a touchdown. Put it back at the forty. Put them in conflict. You know, if if you're reaching for the end zone, 38 seconds left, got it to, I'll use the, no, Mark Andrews reaches for the end zone. Ball comes loose, fumbles through the end zone. Yeah, you'd like it to be Brown's ball, but you know what? Put the ball back at the 40. And now, with 38 seconds left, one timeout, well, now we got to play for three instead of seven. Because you put us in this situation. Make it a punitive thing. 40 is a little bit heavy. I'll, I'll grant you that. Mitch, I can tell, does not like the 40-yard line. Well, I'm thinking about this. What about uh, if it's beyond the 20-yard line and you fumble in the end zone, then you take it back to the 40? So you have a threshold. I think that's a little bit too much thinking, though. I think it's a little bit too much thinking. I, I think that at the one-yard line or you you fumble through the end zone on a 98-yard bomb, it's about, at the 40. So you still hey, you still get the, you got to it. You got to go 50, yard line, 50 yards if you're throwing, you know, whatever. I mean, how about the beginning of that about that Buffalo game against Kansas City on Buffalo's first drive? You had every single type of penalty to start out that game, and one of which was the illegal batting. And they brought up Franco Harris, the legendary illegal batting forward. But I don't know that we need a penalty. Why can't we just not advance the football? Oh, wait a minute. Are you talking about uh, Franco Harris or Dave Casper? Oh, maybe it was Casper. Yeah, was the Raiders. But why? That maybe that's what it was. But why? Why was it not so legendary? Was it Holy Roller? But I heard them mention it. That's legendary. Why, just got it mixed up. Why is it that it needs to be a penalty at all? Why isn't it if you try to do it, it just comes back to where you tried to do it? Why does it need to be a penalty? That that much I don't necessarily understand. I don't know. I. I kind of want to take the rule away and go, hey, man, you guys want to start knocking the ball towards the end zone and not secure the ball? Go right on ahead. Have at it. You want to talk about the fun quotient? Uh, That would make things very, very interesting. You know what, though? It's such a ridiculous sport. There's so much going on. There's so many different rules you got to know. But it made me think about that when I said, like, okay, if you scored a 98-yard bomb some way, somehow. But I'm also thinking, all right, you weren't able to secure it. Should you just get the ball at the opponent's 40? Do you still get to go 48, 58 yards, whatever it is, and get the ball at the opponent's 40 when you when you fumbled on something so ridiculous, like mm-hmm. you fumbled out of the end zone on 98 mm-hmm. yards or something like that? So what what happens on something of length? You know, where does that go from? Because it's, well, yeah, it's, it's not as yeah, easy as I make it out to be. Too. Yeah. You, you, it, it throws out of whack everything. You know, I, my God, college football, when they went to the overtime format that obviously Ohio State ended up playing for in the national championship against Miami, you know, all the stats went out the window because they included the stats and the over-unders and, you know, your total numbers totally got shifted because of that. And I'm like, why, why do we do that? Why don't we just, why don't we just, you know, go back and say, Hey, this team won by one score. Why do, why do, why does it need to be 72 to 68 because of, you know, seven overtimes, like, the, like that one famous game, which I'm now forgetting. 
It was an SEC well, game. There was the oh, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. Oh, okay. I watched that game. Yeah, the seven. I think it was seven overtime. Like like was a, that Eli Manning? Like imagine if you no. had the under and it was and it was on track to actually hit. You just needed it not to go to seven overtimes. I remember I watched that game because I think the late great Ron Franklin and yeah, I know he, there was some things he was accused of which weren't great. Um, the late Ron Franklin I think did that game, and uh, I think there was a storyline where at that game I, I think it was raining in the pregame and somebody took a bit of the grass from either Arkansas or Ole Miss. And that was one of the storylines because it was like, oh, this is a big storied rivalry between the two. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. And it was obviously a Saturday night. And it being a great game, I didn't think it was going to go seven overtimes. Like, that was great. There was also, what, Illinois-Penn State because of the overtime new overtime rule of two-point conversions, which is just ridiculous. The better team should always be the one that's favored for two-point conversions. How Penn State did not win that game is unbelievable yeah. to me. The better overall team with the better overall players – you would think, obviously, not nine, not 100 out of 100, but a 99 out of 100, the better overall team should be able to do that. Two-point conversions are hard to do. Sometimes there's just luck involved. Did the Browns getting a raw deal, finishing 11-6, and six, but having to play on the road? I don't know. The way things went, I don't know if it would have mattered. But <laughs> is that a reason to change the playoffs? You say yes. Well, so I, I, I've been on this for many years, so it's not a Browns thing. I know it comes off that way because I've been louder about it now this year. I didn't like the fact that we had to go to Houston, a team we had just beaten. You know, I Obviously, they didn't have their quarterback, but we had just beaten Houston. We had pulverized them. We had a better record than them. We played a tougher schedule than them, and yet by virtue of them winning their division, uh, you know, random four teams that are in their division, they happen to have a better record than those teams, mm-hmm. that – by the NFL bylaws is a greater accomplishment than what the Browns were able to pull off this year. I just don't buy that. Um, The biggest argument that I've heard from people is, well, you want to maintain the rivalries. And to that, I'm like, well, you should still play Pittsburgh twice. You still play Baltimore twice. Um, I don't think it's going to kill the rivalry about who wins the NFC North or whether there's an NFC or AFC North at all. I don't think that necessarily matters. I think people would still really hate Pittsburgh and playing them twice a year would still make it very competitive and make it a great rivalry. I think it's another thing to play for though. I, I think winning a division, I, I think it makes winning a division important. Uh, it's, it's the way you say it is more fair, but it, it is an entertainment business and I don't think it's as entertaining. I, I do think, you know, I, I wonder how many people who listen to us know what division the Cavs are in. Right off the top of their head. It might be pretty easy when you think of the geography of it, but how many people who listen to us on a daily basis know what division the Cavs are in? don't matter at all in the NBA. They don't matter at all. I honestly don't know why they still have them. And I don't disagree. It is a more – that's another good question. They should probably just do it the old baseball way and do an east and west and be done with it. Mm -hmm. Because the first time – I think when you look at standings, I don't think they show divisional standings first on ESPN.com. Yeah, it's usually the first ones are conference. Yeah, it's conference standings. I just looked at it today. You're right. Yeah. But playing for a division, it's still a big deal. Like, I got very – the last division championship – no, the second-to-last division championship the Guardians won. People were pretty excited over this last division championship. But the second-to-last one, I remember, there were some people who kind of farted in its general direction. I go, guys, there's a – these do not fall off of trees. They're long seasons. 
I think this should be celebrated. I think this should be fun. Winning a division still matters. It's something, and yes, it might be a little. It might be a little bit hollow, especially when you go out there and get, if you get hammered in the first round, um, it might be a little bit hollow. But I think it's something that is entertaining and something that's fun, and I think it's an emotional buy-in for fans. Instead of just let's roll out the the footballs and let's go ahead and play, it's an emotional buy-in. It's a, hey, if you win the division, it, it kind of gets us down. Like when you had the Miami game versus the Dolphins, who are now both out of the playoffs, you know, the, the team that loses is going on the road. Mm-hmm. The team that wins is, is staying home, and they get, to play, they get to play at home. Like I think there's such entertainment to that that, you know, I don't want the NFL to lose any bit of the believability. You know, I think there's, there's a guy on – I'm going to make a really loose comparison here. There's a guy on the internet on YouTube called Slap Shoes, and he made a video about why NASCAR has fallen in popularity, and part of it is believability, um, that there are, there, there are certain tenets to professional sports that they have to maintain to make sure that everything is believable. Like the NFL has gamed their system a time or two, and that's why you have a 33-yard extra point. That's why there's rule changes. That's why they brought in offensive PI, and that was a focus for a year, and then took that away. Like there's all that. The NFL has done that, but there are people, and with the proliferation of gambling, there are more and more people who lose money because there's more gamblers than ever before who now believe that, well, this is rigged. It's just rigged. And then with the proliferation of social media, there's plenty of people out there that want to try to get people going on whether or not it's rigged. It's not rigged. And anytime I say it's not rigged, they just think either A, I'm an idiot, or B, I'm also an idiot and I'm or in on the on the gag that I'm part of the problem. I've had people accuse me of you're part of big big sports. Um well why would that matter in the NFL whether they have divisions or because not? Because because I think that when you have teams playing against each other, it it ha- it adds entertainment value to it. But I also know that I do want to protect against the complete disbelief. And I don't think that this has any problem with complete disbelief. I think that this is believable. I think it's it's real. I think it's honestly, I think it's fair. I really think it's fair because I can look at the Browns and go, well, should have beat the Seahawks. As 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 ridiculous as that is, I mean, they were eleven and six. I can't ask for everything. Hey, you know what? Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't have worked out that way. Could have beat the Seahawks, and I guess you, if you would have beat the Seahawks, then I guess you could, should have played your guys against Cincinnati. Should have done that. But you could say that it's unfair. But it's it's but, but you, it's it, I think it's fair. It's yeah, unfair it in the grand scheme. But I think it's fair when it comes down to hey, you got you just got to win your division. Sure, but you could you'd say that if you disbanded the divisions. And just went by the conferences, and one team's left out. You go, well, why didn't you win that game? Why didn't you win that game? I mean, that no matter what your format is, mm-hmm. you can always ask the teams to do more. And I also, what I'm saying is, make it fair. Right now, it's not fair. The harder division that you are in, it makes it so much harder to host a playoff game. And what have we seen? How important, how vital hosting a playoff game is. It's just it, not the same as having to go on the road. It's just not the same. So why be, are we not doing? our very best to make sure that we have, especially in the NFL, where we do try to even out the playing field as much as possible. Why wouldn't we find that to be even more exciting? We're going to be at loggerheads on this because I'm going to just say, well, it is fair because I think the NFL is more cyclical than the other sports. Like, I can't imagine anymore, especially now with the television deals, I can't imagine the Yankees just turning in a horrific season. 
a 55-win season or the Dodgers doing something like that. I think it's more cyclical than it's than it's ever been, especially with the NFL. I think that we are in the unfortunate situation where, you know, we, we've we had Joe Flacco, and we had Ben Roethlisberger for a long time, and then there was us and the Bengals. And the Bengals, they you know, they had a little bit of a run with with Andy Dalton, and then we finally we got ourselves. You know, Baker Mayfield wasn't terrible, and Deshaun Watson's been pretty decent here and there. I know there's been some criticism of his play, and I, I don't think that's all completely unfounded or unwarranted. But you happen to play in the toughest division, and it's been that way for a long time. But you look at like the AFC South. The AFC South has been down. I think they're I think they're ready to maybe be one of the toughest divisions in the NFL soon. If Trevor Lawrence can get it going and stay healthy, obviously I don't think C.J. Stroud's going anywhere. I don't know what Anthony Richardson's going to be, but that was a team that was nearly in the playoffs this year. And Tennessee. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If we've learned anything, you're always a quarterback away. You're a quarterback away from going from the number one seed to being fired in a couple of years like like Mike uh, Vrabel was, but you're also a quarterback away from going from the doormat to having C.J. Stroud and, and having a very bright future. And I think it's cyclical like that. And I know the NFC South has been down for a couple of years. I think the, I think the AFC North is an outlier, and I also think the NFC South is an outlier, and you're going to have that. My issue with the cyclical part of this is, yeah, sure, it's it, it's all cyclical, but you don't know when the cycle is going to come through. It's true, and it's not evenly balanced how consistent the cycles come through. So why not do one thing that would be consistent? Make the records matter. But right now, the records do not matter. Yes, they do. What matters more is if you're lucky enough to be in a worse division. That matters more than what your record is. There is. Why would we not want a merit-based system in the NFL? But I think I think it is fair because you happen to play in a tough division. Okay, that sucks to be you, but at some point. So why would we have a system some, where where you even have to say it sucks to be I'm you? I'm saying this. At some point, the Texans are going to want to. The, the Texans are going to wish they were in another division, just like we've wished we were in another division at times. Because there's been times where I, the Browns have turned in. At some point, they like. There's been a couple of seasons. I, w- I wonder this about the 2014 Browns. 13 rounds. 7 and 9. 
Had they played in another division, would they have been a seven-win team or would they have been a nine-win team? Which Probably year, a nine-win team. What year? What year? Tw- twenty thirteen. Right. That oh. was the first year of Petten. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Right. No, uh, twenty fourteen. No, twenty thirteen, and then Petten the next year they were they bottomed out. Mm-hmm. Then he was gone in, after fourteen. Hugh, 15, 16, 17. No, it might have been the 2014 Browns. Yeah. That were seven and nine. The team that, that started yeah. out the team that started out seven and four. We're talking about the same team, the Hoyer team. Yeah. So that was Petten and, and Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. That was the 14 team. That was the 14 team? Okay. If they would have if they would have played in another division, would they have been now I gotta look at the standings. Would they yeah. have been a nine win team? Like sometimes, man, I just think it's the luck of the draw, and I think everybody has to deal with it at some point. Everybody has to deal with it. And for everything you want to say about the Buccaneers, they had every opportunity to get beaten against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles had lost five or six going into that game. Did mm-hmm. did the game and being in Tampa really matter? Did it really matter? They should have been able to play that game anywhere in the country, and the Philadelphia Eagles coming off a Super Bowl appearance, should have been able to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if, if all this. This is why I say it's everybody claims it's not fair. Okay, the records say it's not fair, but the quality of teams, it says that it's fair. My team in the NFC East that is up against the Cowboys, that is up against the, the Giants are terrible and Washington's terrible, but a team that goes head-to-head against the Cowboys like the Eagles should be able to beat a quote-unquote downtrodden Tampa Bay team, and they didn't do it. That's that's fair. I mean, you have you have 17 games in 18 weeks. It's it's obviously the largest sample we've ever had in the NFL um, for for a league that you know there used to be 14 games and there were 16 games. Now we play 17 games. We're probably going to play 18 games. The more weeks you have in an NFL season, the more that it's your record is truly reflective of the type of season you had. I don't know why we want a system that still is set up on rewarding. Teams that happen to, out of sheer luck, play in a worse division, which is what we're doing right now, especially when we have an easy model to fix it. I would even almost be, as a as a middle ground, I'd almost be ready to just say, fine, don't do it just by record, but do the seeds by record. Don't just, by, by virtue of winning your division, give you a home game. Like, let's find, you, you make the playoffs if you win your random division and everybody happens to be bad in your division, but you don't get to host the home game. If you have a worse record than the team, you'd be matched up against seeding-wise. I, I think that would be fair because think about how ridiculous it is for the Browns to ever actually host a home playoff game. It is, it's just been, by definition, harder. Mm-hmm. It's been harder than if we were in the AFC South. But it's also part of the impetus of why you go out and get Sean Watson because you feel he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you want to be able to, to beat other great quarterbacks in this league where – it seems the AFC has a very thick amount of quarterbacks that are really, really good. And it starts in your own division with Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. So you get that guy. You getting a headache. You need some pills? No, no. Oh, okay. I'm fine. Oh, okay. Like, do you think that the, the reason you, you have that and go after those guys because you can beat them and, and beat them for the division? Mitch, we need a decider on this because we're never going to agree. Well, so, I, I, the last thing I want to just throw in there is when I hear about Bill Belichick, he should go to Atlanta because of the division. Like, how ridiculous. Why not just have a real system like the NBA where it doesn't well, I matter. I can't defend that. It doesn't matter what division you go you go to. The, only, the thing I can say, all right, wait a minute. I don't know what the Saints are doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Saints are doing. And the Panthers seem to be a mess. I think people should be worried about Bryce Young. All right? The Panthers seem to be a mess. 
And Tampa Bay is still a decent football team for all intents and purposes. Now, they're going to have to make some big decisions. Is it Mike Evans going to be a free mm-hmm. agent this coming year? It's going to be a Cleveland Brown next well, year. Look good. Wait a minute. You just told me Stephon Diggs was going to be a Cleveland Brown. Uh, now it's uh, Mike Evans. They're both going to be a Cleveland Brown. Things have changed. Three, we're going to have the great triumvirate. Now I don't, it's Calvin I mean, Ridley. You think Elijah Moore was frustrated before. Get ready now. Um, Justin Jefferson. Who's to say that, t- that New Orleans can't get their stuff mm-hmm. figured out? You know, if they make the right hire in Carolina, they probably won't. But if they make the right hire in Carolina and they can get Bryce Young going and Bryce Young's the right quarterback, he probably won't be. Can they get things going there? You know, these are the things that I think that need to be brought up here. It's up to every team. In the words of the Big Lebowski, every bum's lot in life is their own. And they've got to be able to figure their own stuff out. But for what you say about Belichick, I can't necessarily deny that. I can't fight that. Uh, You have Kyle Pitts, who should be better than what he is. You have... Why am I drawing a blank? Drake London, you got those two guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you have at quarterback. Or, you know, I mean, your quarterback situation might be Joe Flacco for all we know. And I, I think that Bill Belichick is going down there. He wants to beat Don Shula for the all-time wins record. It's something he desperately wants. He thinks it's very important. I think he takes it personally, especially since the late great Don Shula had not too kind things to mm-hmm. say about Deflate Gate and Spygate and all the other things, uh, which I'm sure Don Shula would. I'm sure everything he did was by the book. Sure, I, hey, I love Don Shula, but let's be honest. Um, I think that this is like an accumulation thing. Can I give you one final thing? Why can't it be? I know we want to talk WWE to Netflix. Why can't we just have two divisions? That way, winning your division still is a huge damn deal. Huge damn deal. Mm-hmm. Because we could talk about buys and what your playoff format would be. But if you only have two divisions in each conference, you still get to play Pittsburgh twice, still get to play Baltimore twice. Uh, but your record now over the course of a season compared to with all those other teams that are in your division, you could recalibrate the schedules so that there's more uniformity with all the teams that you play. Hmm. And then winning your division, maybe make it two buys and switch around the playoff format, uh, maybe even add another playoff team. But then you still have rivalries. You still have divisions that matter. Uh, the standings and the scoreboard watching is still going to be vital, especially if you went to a second buy. I'm just saying I don't get having so many random divisions of four teams. I just don't get that. I, I know that we're, we happen to be in the one division where we've been with these teams throughout, but you look around the NFL, they've mixed up these divisions countless well, part, times. Well, part of that is because of, of ownerships. Mm-hmm. Like Miami should not be in the AFC East. Right. Miami should be in the AFC South. Miami is in the AFC East because of not the Hesses. I think it is the Johnsons. They wanted to preserve the rivalry with the Dolphins. Because it makes honest sense. Uh, there's a lot of people who go from New York to Miami, yeah. vice versa. There's a lot of Jets fans down there. There's a lot of Miami fans in New York. It just it makes oh, that sense. Yeah. And, of course, you have the early 90s, late 80s historical rivalry between the Dolphins and, and Bills. So that makes some sense. But when it comes down to geography, they're 1,500 miles away. They should not be in the <laughs> AFC East. There's no way they should be there. It doesn't make any sense. The weather patterns and, for the NFC North and the AFC North why, are all the same. Why, Kenny, why would you do that? Why, Kenny, are we not in the same division as Buffalo? I mean, we should. I don't know. I think it'd be awesome. It would be awesome. And we should be in the same division as Pittsburgh. And, and, we should, you know, the Baltimore thing, I don't know what you do there because our rivalry may be not shared by the kids. Well, like the younger this is fans. another, damn it, then you know what? Remember this for tomorrow because 
Yeah, we got to have a conversation about whether or not we're aging out here. Yeah, I do on some on some of this stuff. Not aging out sounds bad. I saw a tweet. Was it Cleveland Clothing Company? One of them. It was one I'm of not those. Try, and I'm not trying to rip a bi- local business here. That's not what I'm trying to do. But it makes you think. They said they'd rather see the Ravens than the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I, I said I'd rather see myself in hell first before the Ravens do that again. And I don't think I'm picking up the same amount of passion with me. I think I'm going to, if we do this tomorrow or the next day, I think I'm going to be fighting an uphill battle, bud, on all this. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the same as as what it was. I can't wait to have that five years ago. I, I I think some people are going to go. Hey, why don't you worry about the Browns and and not worry mm-hmm. about the Ravens as much? The Ravens are the Ravens, and I'm the same person who says I like Lamar Jackson, yeah. and I do. It would be great if if you're talking about cities that we have something in common with. The North is special because I think everybody in the division is birthed from us. The Steelers, it can be a little loose because they've been around since 1933, but they didn't get good since Chuck Knoll, who's a former Cleveland Brown and a person from Cleveland, uh, got them going in the right direction. So I always like to say that. I mean, Jack Lambert is from Manaway, like that whole deal. Um, and then, of course, you have Cincinnati and, and Baltimore for obvious reasons. How many times have you been to Baltimore in your life? Twice. I, I think they're kind of similar cities. I think there's a little bit different of a culture. Well, Baltimore there's, and uh, Bal- Cleveland. Oh, okay. I think there's a more maritime culture with Baltimore. Yeah. They're an older city because they're on the eastern seaboard. Mm-hmm. I think they're older, aren't they? Is Cleveland older than Baltimore? Oh, yeah, that I don't know. Boy, I just but, assume so because they're on the eastern seaboard, but I might not be right. Mm-hmm. Holy Chautauqua. I got to look that up. Anyway, I, I don't know if that matters to anybody Snow in Marietta. 2023. Marietta is very old. Um, I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, they're, they're similar cities. I think both of us kind of have this inferiority complex with New York City. Baltimore certainly does. That there's, goes back to the 58 championship well, we do. Well, there's probably D.C. I mean, just uh, in, in terms of. True, but, I mean, if you look at their history, I mean, the Colts-Giants thing way yeah. back when. We both have lost teams. Uh, there's a lot that we have in common with, but I can't deny that we have way more in common with Buffalo. I think we have plenty of things in common with Baltimore, but, man, we are just so in sync with Buffalo. I mean, that's, that's like a married couple. I mean, two, and, and I go back to Ralph Wilson. Am I boring you here? No. Okay. I might be boring some listeners. Like, I, when I said I wanted the Lions to win, and, some, of course, many people thought I was just taking digs on Baker, and I wasn't. Um, I can back you up on that. You're being legitimate. Yeah. There were a lot of people. Thank you very much. There were a lot of people who said, well, what about the Bills? They were one of the teams that voted against Le- uh, Sleeping. Yeah. And I've always said, that's good business. That's good business. One, if you do get your team back, that's great because you know that Cleveland fans are going to Buffalo, okay? You didn't necessarily know what division the, the Browns were going to be in. So we could all end up in the same division. But Cleveland fans are going to Pittsburgh games. Cleveland fans are going to Buffalo games. And if the Browns don't get a team, if the Cleveland doesn't get a team back, you don't think that the Roonies want to plant their flag in here? And you don't think that Ralph Wilson at the time didn't want to plant his flag in this area? Because mm-hmm. this area still loves football. It still loves football. Now, there might be people to this day who would still hate the NFL, but there would definitely be a lot of people who are football fans in the NFL. Mm. And we would be Bills fans, Lions fans, Steelers fans. I don't know what type of fan I would be. It would be madness. Thank God we have the Browns. but I probably would have been a 49ers fan. Really? Yeah. Like their colors. My dad's a Dolphins fan. Man, I saw their uniforms the other day, and I, I just, I'm blown away every time I see in a big game the San Francisco 49er uniforms. Every time. 
I like the old 49ers uniforms. Like, like them better. I yeah. don't like the black outline. Yeah. Like, I always think of Gary Plummer, J.J. Stokes, that type of uniform. Mm. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Raw's going to be on Netflix. We're brought to you by Xten. Any thoughts so, to that at all? Yeah, so it, it, this, is, this is really interesting because obviously every year more and more sports are going to the streaming. And right now, when you really think about it, and I, I think you've heard television execs say this, Football is the only thing keeping the lights on for the affiliates and for the cable companies. It's the only thing that that are keeping these networks alive. And you wonder if Netflix is going to pony up, what was it? Is it 400 million a year? Is it 500 million? 500 million. Oh my God. 500 million a year for the WWE. Um, what, what might they have next in store for any of these other, whether it's college football whether it's the NFL, we already know the NBA and baseball on their regional sports networks are going to go the way of maybe Amazon. You know, we'll see what baseball ends up doing. Obviously, there's a stark change going on, a huge sea change in how all this is going on. Now, I, as much as we bitched about Peacock, I paid the money and I got Peacock for one game. I didn't cancel it yet. Probably should. Nothing against Peacock. I only have so much time that I can watch stuff right now. But I probably should cancel it. So they got me for a playoff game my team wasn't even in. You know what part of it was? I wanted to watch other football. I wanted to forget about the Browns. That's what it was. I know other people took it a different way and then just shut their TVs off and didn't watch any football. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I I don't want them to have that kind of power over me to where I just don't watch any football. I still want to get excited about football. And I ordered the Peacock. And you know what? If the Super Bowl was on pay-per-view, I'd order it. If the AFC Championship game was on pay-per-view, I would order it. I don't know where I would draw the line, but it wouldn't be that. I was a bad example because it was much like my mom at the end of her life. There was a lot of things happening around me, and the game was happening in front of me, but I was not there. It was in front of me, and I knew there was something going on there, but I was just so distracted and Mm -hmm. shell-shocked by what had just transpired (laughs) that I I really recollect very little of that football game. That was on Peacock, I have to tell you. And I know it was boat cold and everything like that, but I got got nothing out of it. To see them on Netflix, I'm... I'm surprised Netflix, they have really been toes in the water. Like Hulu, man, they did a, they, they really did a cannonball mm-hmm. into live sports. And I don't know what Netflix has been waiting for. And I know this is technically not sports, this is sports entertainment, but it's like, you know, F1 had that series on Netflix and it did very well for them. And then now NASCAR is going to try to piggyback off that, and hopefully it does very well for them because I, I, you know, I want NASCAR to be well regarded in, in American sport. But the WWE, like you're going to have a guaranteed customer base. Now it's not what it used to be, and we can go down that road, but I'm not gonna. Um, you're going to have a guaranteed customer base. You should have an influx coming back into you. Now they're going to. Some people are like, "Well, are we going to get it with commercial free for two hours?" I think fat chance. I think I think you're going to get maybe a two hour show or three hour. You're probably you're probably going to get a three hour show with commercials. Is what you're going to get, and <laughs> yeah. it's still going to be on Netflix. Because, yeah, I mean, why leave money on the table when we don't have to? Mm-hmm. Or you might have a two hour show, but a lot of in segment sponsors, things like that. Like now, I've seen they don't really have what ring skirts anymore. Mm-hmm. They have video boards mm-hmm. where you can just put Snickers or anything whatever next to it, and anything you want, and you can do all that stuff. So there's so many. There's so many markets and avenues for advertising, but I am surprised. Like Peacock and on live sports, like I, this is going to be weird, and you're going to laugh at me. I go back and I watch that Wake Forest Notre Dame game. 
Because I'm like, I was there. I, I want to see that game. And so mm-hmm. every now and then I turn it on in the background. And I, it's been a few months since I've been there. Um, everywhere else just has some level of live sports that is an attractant to its platform. Because people go to things for live sports. And that Netflix has not got in on that yet is very surprising to me. And so, I, you know, we are, we are trying, to, we're trying to find out where fans draw the line. You know, are they going to end up being able to bundle all the streaming packages together and just call it a cable system? It'll be the same thing. Or it won't be called a cable system, but it'll be the same way, have all these different options. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wonder. Football seems to be bulletproof still. Will it be in 20 years? I don't know. But the NBA and baseball are not. And the NBA and baseball have to be very careful with how they're going to make their programming available. It's already messing with their tele- with their um, their budgets, you're seeing baseball have a big issue right now. And until they get this settled in the courts, I don't even know. I mean, to me, baseball values valuations start to go down. I mean, I could see that happening. Yeah. And would that happen to the NBA? I don't know. NBA is more of a global brand. We'll see. But football is still the one. They can make all these games pay-per-view. <laughs> and, they, and, and you're going you're gonna to watch every Browns game. If they make the Browns games available on 10 different platforms, like they are college football, mm-hmm. right now, guess what you're going to do as a Browns fan? Now, would your kids do it in 10 years? Will they not have the affinity to watching the Browns because they're not going to be on every week unless you really go out of your way to find it? That's something football certainly has to investigate. I do think, though, that you want to protect it because I think in the other sports, basketball so long, if your team's not competitive, you'll, you'll You're tune out. Baseball, so pay-per-view doesn't work, right? And football is going to get longer. Every, yeah. We all assume there's going to be an 18th game. Well, there's going to be, there's going to be some teams that, well, now I'm not getting that revenue because yeah. now it's just 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock every single week. They're going to be on, and I'm going to watch them, and that's the way it's it goes. What's made football so special? Yeah, but if you change that, because mm-hmm. how many bad Browns teams is like, well, it's one o'clock on a Sunday. All right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So that's something they're going to have to take into take into consideration. Yeah. You got anything else? No. You don't have any like line to no send us off with. Sh- no parting shot today. Hmm. All right. Well, that's the end of it. Bye bye. Go Cavs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.